And welcome to episode 70 of the Lace Em Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Buff. The big question burning in our minds. Are the refs biased against the Pittsburgh Penguins, or for the Pittsburgh Penguins, we should say? Uh, Eugene Melnick uh, thinks there's some bias. Robin Leonard, um, judging by his comments, um, he thinks uh, the refs are biased too. Uh, we'll discuss that, uh, why Crosby didn't get anything for a slash on Mark thought, all that fun stuff. Um and then we're also going to rant about the three-point system. Brett's, uh, Brett uh, feels passionately about this. He thinks the Bruins are getting royally robbed by the three-point system. So should it change? What should we change about it? We'll discuss. Uh, also, playoff matchups. And, you know, lots can change seating-wise, but we're getting very close to the playoffs. And uh, there are a lot of matchups that really entice me, so we're going to discuss that uh, as well. The Bruins-Sens segment's going to be really juicy. The Sens had a good week. The Bruins didn't. Um, should the Bruins panic? Uh, should the fans worry? Is Brett worried? Uh, we will uh, delve into that. And we also got a couple of suspensions to report as well. Uh, but first, shout-outs to all the people past and present in the NHL who have worn number 70. Uh, Braden Holtby, of course, Um is the most notable, but uh, in his early years with the Bruins, actually just one year in 2003, Tim Thomas wore number seven. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Tanner Pearson wears number 70 today, as does uh, Columbus backup goalie Jonas Korpisalo. Uh, in 2006 with Carolina, Oleg, the Russian skyrocket Tverdowski, wore number 70. Uh, in 2006 with the Capitals, David Steckel also wore that number. So to all of them and to all the players we didn't mention, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Yeah, I was trying to think of what other players, like current players, wear number 70. I didn't really think of Brandon Hopey, Braden Hopey, yeah. wore number 70. But yeah. It's, it's, it's not the usual goalie number you think of, no. Well, also, it's not like you actively look at goalie numbers, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,. All right, let's get going. Uh, Crosby, so there were two big um, hits, I guess. I don't know. Um, uh, this week, both involving the Penguins of all teams. Um, one, they were both, like, uh, I mean, they were both pretty bad. Um, one was uh, Crosby on Mythot. Um, I assume you were watching this um, when it happened. I didn't watch the game, but I saw the you replay. The replay Mathot's so. finger's not yeah. supposed to bend so, like so that. So what happened was uh, Mathot was coming into the zone. Crosby, I think he had the puck. Crosby uh, just slashed him. Um, and then they showed an image. It's not safe for life, kind of, if you watch this. Um, but, like, like he... It was tore, bad. It was bad, yeah. Mathot, like, tore... Like, Crosby, like... Or basically, uh, Mithot's fingers, basically. Um, it was kind of, um, yeah, it, it didn't look good. Uh, Crosby didn't get anything. He didn't even get a minor penalty. Um, and then you have the quote on what owner, your, your owner said, um, in that, um, I guess we'll, I'll talk about the wrist aligning Gensel one too. Um, 
it was kind of a similar deal. Uh, Gensel was going into uh, the zone. Risto, Ristolainen, uh, the Buffalo Sabres um, defenseman, he uh, he basically uh, he kind of clobbered him. He hit him on the head, and then like during the replays, it looked like uh, Gensel like had trouble getting up. Uh, Gensel is now has a concussion. Um, it was it's it's scary when those kind of incidents happen um, because it's like you know um, because they can't skate like he had trouble skating basically mm-hmm. um, it was scary it was a scary moment for sure Ristolainen got three games um, I guess we can talk about the comments now uh, you have a direct comment from Melnick. Um, I believe Leonard's, Robin Leonard, who's the goalie of the Buffalo Sabres, said something along the lines of, if this was, if the, if it was reversed, so if Gensel was on the Sabres and Risto was on the Penguins, he said it wouldn't have been three games, um, suspended, it would have probably been less. So, uh, Leonard is, uh, saying that the, uh, the refs, that the Penguins, um, or that the refs are favoring the Penguins, or the NHL is very in, in on the Penguins. Melnick said something along those lines, too, which you yeah, have a direct well, quote for. Or you will just go things, on this rant here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, um, if you have anything to add, you can. Otherwise, no, I'll it's just fine. I just wanted the direct quote, but okay. you, didn't, well, you never asked. Well, first off, here's, here's, here's what Eric Carlson had to say. Quote, Crosby puts his stick in as Mathah is trying to shoot the puck in. And, and by the way, it was an offside call. The whistle is blown exact at the exact moment the slash is made. And he probably went for a stick check, ended up getting his hand. Either way, yeah. he slashed him on the hand. That should be a two-minute penalty. I think we can all agree on that. That's a two-minute that, penalty. Yeah. Okay. Is it suspension worthy? Well, again, Carlson, direct quote, Crosby puts his stick in as Mathah is trying to shoot the puck and unfortunately hits his finger. It turns out worse than most other times. Plays like that happen all the time, but I don't think it was intentional or dirty, unquote. In other words, I don't think it's suspension worthy. Yep. Like, you don't you don't slash somebody with the intent to do that kind of damage. Right, like, right. I, I've like, never seen a gruesome injury like that. I mean, at the same time, it's not like you attend to, like, concu- Like, I don't think Ristolainen intended to concuss Gensel. He didn't want to, like, yeah. you know. But, yeah, that, that is a fair point. Uh, I agree with that, yes. But even then, uh, Eugene Melnick, uh, as usual, he, he tends to, <laughs> to take it one step further. And here was his direct quote. You do anything that's almost a certain injury, and I think the only way you uh, to do it is you wipe the guy off the map. Not one or two games, but ten. How about a season? He takes my guy, I take your guy. The guy that creates the injury should be out. They should watch the games together for the rest of the season. I see the things behind the scenes of what happens from slashes, and they're ugly. They're just as ugly as Mark's. But Mark's was so visible. It was a terrifying thing to look at those pictures. And he's right on that front. Very terrifying. Yeah. Um, so he goes on, that's the only way to do it. You take away their money because they all understand money, and you simply say you're done for 10 games. You guys aren't going to get anywhere close to the Stanley Cup if it's an elite player on the other side. We all know who he is. The guy is just a whiner beyond belief, and you do this kind of stuff. I don't care who you are, and I don't care if you're the number one player. You should sit out a long time for this sort of crap, end quote. Eugene, 
simmer down, man. Just simmer yeah. down. Especially okay. the week before where he said, you know, where we talked about yeah, with the Carlson board, yeah. being like, um, not being Canadian and he wouldn't let him go. But like, this is, it's funny here because it's like, this is Crosby who's like the prize Canadian star here. And he's like, no, he should get out the entire game and whatnot. Um, but yeah, no, he's obviously way off base. I agree that he should, Crosby should have gotten a minor penalty at least. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I think like the rest of the season is way too, way, 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 way too far. Um, yeah. Now, I don't know. Uh, what, Even like what, one game I would have been okay with, but, yeah. um, but at the same time, it's like, it's an intent. These things happen in the games, you know, it's not like it's, um, that crazy, um, but it's, I mean, it was crazy, and it was horrific to watch, but I don't think yeah. it's, um, it's, like, suspension-worthy, I know, this, yeah. I feel like this is, like, a controversial take, but it shouldn't be. Well, um, yeah, in Melnick's know. defense, you know, there's a lot that happened before this, in the game against Buffalo, he was high-sticked in the chops by Evander Kane late in the game, he was trying to score in an empty net, lost a few teeth. But I think he kind of sold it a little too much of the camera on the play. It looked yeah. like he he kind of embellished it a little bit. And before that, he also took a hat. At, uh, he also took a whack at Ryan O'Reilly's midsection on that same day. Yep. Uh, it definitely missed tying the stick up if that's what he was trying to do. Um, and again, not the attempt, but the end result that gets most people. Um, and I think all of that factored into his comments. But just flash back to the Johnny Hockey incident back in right. November against Minnesota. Yeah. They slashed him a bunch of times. And none of them got suspended. None yeah. of them got suspended. None of them, I don't think, were any of them penalized even? I don't even... Uh, Eric still may have been, but I don't yeah. think so. But anyways, he got a broken finger. He missed a, a couple of weeks, and yeah. there weren't any suspensions being handed out. This is one slash with a horrific mm-hmm. result. That does, everyone saw on video, yeah. and I, that's why it's getting all the attention, is the outcome. It does make you, I forgot about that, but about that Johnny Hockey thing. Um, it does make you wonder that maybe they will start to penalize people for slashing like that. But at the same time, it's something that's like, it's hard, like that's just a hockey move. It's hard to make a play like that, but like they do make it minor penalties, but, you know, maybe they should make it more, um, serious of a thing, but we'll see. Um, now what, what's, what's, what's also interesting that, that I found is that, um, like, like if, if it's up to the on ice officials, first of all, to do things right, they need to call the game by the rules. If there's a problem with the rule, go ahead and change the rule. Well, what happens if you can't slash somebody on the hand and you go for the stick and you miss and get their hand instead. You've got penalties galore. You've got more and more Well, even slashing play. on the, the stick is bad, to too. Well, hmm? isn't uh, slashing on the stick, that's like a, that's another penalty, right? Well, yeah, but I, I'm just <laughs> talking about, like, that the hand stuff. Like, you, oh, you yeah, want to yeah, yeah. their players' hands, you know, no, no, you can't slash anyone on the hand anymore. Let's say they change the rule to that. Right. Well, if you go for the stick and you hit their hand, but you say you intend to hit the stick, it's not the intent, it's the result. The right, but even the stick the is... Um, Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But even like the st- if you hit the if you slash the stick, that's also a penalty. Mm-hmm. So and then yeah. what happens if if you get slashed on the outside part of the glove, like the palm part that has no protection, you get a result like this? Like, that's what true. can you do then? You know? Yeah, that's a good point. It's hard to like. Well, maybe they should just get better protected. I don't know. 
Well, yeah, but like the palm part is is very uh, doesn't have much protection. Like true, true. So uh, again, like yeah, you're not going to eliminate point. every single slash in, yeah. in NHL history, you know, by just changing one rule and, right, and, right. and making it point. very tough. Like no, I was just thinking because like because it has happened so much this time with Johnny Gaudreau mm-hmm. and now with Mark Mathot. And that like the maybe time. there there maybe there should be a rule change like that, but yeah, it, at it the same time you do time, bring up a good point like that. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of want to give a uh, I kind of I don't know if I should even ask this question because I think we both agree, but um, that they don't. But I'll ask it anyways because I have it on the lineup here. So do the refs have a bias towards the Penguins? Um, this is mixed in with Leonard's comments later with the Gensel um, and the roles being reversed with Melnick's comments being like, well, he's Sidney Crosby. Um, I think in the sense that I don't, I think if it wasn't Sidney Crosby, I think like, you know, if it was someone else, um, I think he would have gotten a minor penalty on that. So I think in that sense, I think they have Crosby, is allowed to do a little bit more because he's Sidney Crosby, but at the same time, I don't. It's like ridiculous to like this is getting into conspiracy theory territory, and I don't think, I don't think like the refs are like, oh, like we want the Penguins to win because it's better for ratings and whatnot. So um, I think that's a little too out there of a question, even though I wrote it. Uh, well, <laughs> see. Now, if you flash back to 2013, you'll remember Eric Carlson's season was ended by Matt Cook's skate right. blade. And, and Melnick wanted, like, a CSI investigation. Yeah. Right? I think he's still a little butthurt about that. And if yeah. you look a few years before that, Cook delivered the blindsider to Mark Savard, ultimately ending his career. He got nothing for that play. And was Robin, Robin Lehner was a part of that team, too. So maybe there is yeah. something to it. Yeah, he was. You're right. So, um... Like, Cook didn't receive anything, so why would Sig receive anything for yeah. what he did to Mark Mathot? That's not superstar treatment. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're right. There, there. I can but, see the path that would, that would suggest that, but I'd like to provide a bit of substance to this argument, if you don't mind. Keep in sure. mind, earlier this year, Tom Sestito made a questionable hit on Toby Enstrom. He received five in a game, also got a four-game suspension earlier in the year. Um, and if you remember... The Jake Gensel hit. This is the second time in less than a month that he's taken a hit that he didn't see coming, and the and the puck was a half a second past him. And the first one was in the outdoor game against Philly when Brandon Manning got him, and uh, Manning was suspended two games for that play. He didn't receive a penalty on the play either. Um, uh, furthermore, uh, just going back a, a ways here, just taking a look at the suspension fines history for the Penguins, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Two games lost of suspension, both were Cook for one incident. No fines. 2010-2011, 24 man games lost, three suspensions, never fined. 2011-2012, 11 man games lost, six separate incidents, and four of which came in a playoff series against Philly. Uh, they were fined $7,500 for three different incidents. Uh, in 2012-2013, no suspensions, no fines. Uh, 2013-2014, 10-man games due to suspensions for two incidents. Player was fined five grand for another. 2014-2015, two-man games, one suspension, no fines. 
And last year, Latang got one game in the playoffs for his hit on Washington's Marcus Johansson. Penguins weren't fined. So my, it, it's it's just really tough to say that they're biased and that the refs are always siding with them. Like, look at the two incidents that Brad Marchand could have been suspended for this year, but he right. wasn't. True. The Habs haven't won a cup in almost 25 years. And I hear endless people saying, oh, the refs always take their side. Right. And, then, and then Toronto. The police <laughs> with all the fancy technology to yeah. review police. You think they're biased towards the Leafs? No. No, no, Like it's, and, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not excusing myself from, from my sins. I really think there were a few times where I think Ottawa got robbed. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean the league is biased towards one particular team. That's that's just an absurd argument to make. Yeah, I I think I, I agree with you in terms of that. I don't think like the the refs are out, like are favoring one team in particular or not. Um. But, like, at the same time, I feel like uh, Crosby should have gotten, like, at least a penalty for that. Like, if oh, you yeah. think... Two minutes for yeah, sure. Two, two minutes, minutes for sure. sure. And he didn't even get that. Um, yeah. Like, like, like if um, Nick Benino was slash, like, Mathot instead, I, I think they would have given him a two-minute thing. Or Connor Sheary or Brian Rust or whatever. But again, but Johnny Hockey's a superstar, and no one got anything for what they did to him. Uh, that's a, yeah, and that, that's the counter argument to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, were they warranted? I think um, I think we we just mentioned Crosby should have um, should have at least gotten a minor penalty. I don't think he should have been suspended. Ristolainen, that was a pretty bad hit. Um, so. So, yeah, I think it was warranted to get a three games Yeah, there. and Gensel has back turn. Didn't, yeah. didn't see it coming. Uh, the, uh, Crosby tried to make a pass to him. It was deflected, stayed yeah. in the in the Buffalo zone. He had his back turn. Full second later, bam, the hit is made. Yeah. So, like, he's not expecting it. That's 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 interference. That's Apparently, exactly. that's five minutes in the game. Yeah. At least. Um, so, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Gensel still has a concussion, concussion right? And Mathot yeah. is, uh, um, I he's, think... He's out for weeks. He's out, he's for, out weeks. for weeks. Okay. His finger's destroyed. Because you have these in the injury report, and I figured, I, like, got rid yeah. of them, and then, because I was like, oh, we're going to talk about them, and then I forgot yeah. to include them here. Yeah, he's, so, he's, he's, he's out for several weeks, but right. uh, I'm, I'm not particularly worried of Ottawa's defense, uh, and, and the team in general has it, has been able to withstand a lot. So in the Bruins sense segment, I'll explain why I'm, I'm not necessarily panicking uh, if it was any other year, then maybe. But Boucher's structure, I, I, I think we'll we'll get by. Yep. Uh, sh- so let's go to the poll of the week. Should the NHL keep the? Th- so we uh, so we were. I found this like graph the other day about like uh, if teams were good. Um, if if they were keeping the like if the NHL was going by the. Um, you know, three points for a regulation win, two points for a, a overtime or shootout win, one point for a, like an overtime or shootout loss. Um, what would the stands look like? And it was basically kind of crazy. what the basically what the World Junior system goes by, yeah, what the, the international system goes and the Olympics, by. yeah. Um, and um, the only glaring one is it wasn't like too bad. The only glaring one was that Toronto wouldn't be in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and, and it would be third in the Atlantic, yeah. which is more important for your Bruins. Exactly. That, that that's what that's what annoyed me. Like last year, 
if I, if you want to go to last year, like the Bruins tied the Detroit Red Wings in points, but the only reason why, oh no, actually Detroit, actually now that I'm looking at the standings, Detroit had one more, uh, one more point. Oh no, they tied in points. Yeah, but the only reason points, yeah. why Detroit made the playoffs and Boston didn't was because Detroit had one more regulation win than them. So it was it was, it was like annoying <laughs> for me because it's like, well, we but even though Boston had more wins than Detroit, uh, they have more regulation wins. Yeah, uh, and they also have more overtime shootout losses, didn't yeah. they? Uh, let me look here. I think you mean they did. Uh, the the Red Wings, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's how they were able to uh, t- tie us in points because yeah. they had five shootout losses, um, and overtime losses, and yeah. they had eleven like, uh, overtime losses, and Boston had nine overtime losses and two shootout losses. So, um, so that was like the main reason why the uh, the the Lions, I almost said the Lions, the the Red Wings. We're able to make the playoffs last year, but like yeah, you Toronto, also, you also look at the Flyers. They had three more points in the wild card standings than the Bruins, but they had fourteen of their defeats yep. decided beyond regulation. That happened to Boston nine times. That's a difference of five points. So you take out the sympathy point. The Bruins edged them by two. The loser point, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the sympathy point. So right now, Toronto has a uh, fifteen overtime losses, which I think is by far the most. Well, actually, let me look here. Nashville has Carolina's 11. Carolina's close with them, but yeah, it's up there. Carolina has 13. They're the second close, yeah. Um, but um, Buffalo and Detroit have 12. Um, but uh, And like Boston has six overtime losses, but they have more regulation wins than Toronto. Um, in fact, they have more regulation wins than Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, watch out, Steve. No one's safe here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. It, it's it's. I, I'll admit it is a silly thing to complain about from a Boston fan. It's like, well, if you're good enough, then you should be in the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like I shouldn't even argue about this. It, it like like if you win games, if you win points, like. You win regulation wins and you win the overtime. You shouldn't like. It shouldn't matter when you, um, you know, like that should be more valued than losing in overtime and losing in um, shootouts. Um, It's it's weird to like reward failure in that sense, and I I don't particularly like it. I, I don't like that my team's getting screwed, but it's it's probably going to happen. Um, we'll see. But um, well, um, how, how about this year? Uh, just taking a look at some of the other reg- yeah. uh, regular season stats, the Wild, who made it into the playoffs last year by the skin of their teeth, they had seven more overtime shootout losses than the Avs. If you take the OT point out of the equation, Minnesota doesn't make the playoffs by the looks of it. And then Los Angeles last year, they had 48 wins, the most in the Pacific. They didn't win the division because Anaheim had five more loser points than they did. Yep. And then if you go back even farther to 2011-2012, the Kings had 15 overtime shootout losses, 10 more than Dallas, 9 more than Colorado. 
they'd be out of the playoff picture. And if you recall, they won the cup that year. Right. So they don't even win the cup if it wasn't for that loser point. And if you take out the loser point this year, there'd be an eight-point differential between the Bruins and the Leafs. And Toronto would fall three spots down. They'd also be on track, more importantly, to miss the playoffs. So, um, and, and even if they made regulation wins three points, the Leafs would fall one spot, and, and they're still out of the playoff race. So. True. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I guess you can complain about afterwards and be like all that. Um, but at the moment, it's 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 the, the system, so you have to deal with it. I think it's like partially the reason why the NHL does this is so that game like the um, the chase is closer at the end. But at the same time, it's like you're rewarding teams that are losing, and I, I don't think that's right. Um, yeah. So so in the poll of the week, we didn't get too many. Um, people who voted, but that's okay. Um, we asked, should the NHL keep the three-point system? It was just a simple yes or no question. Uh, 67% said no. Uh, 33% said yes. So, um, I was trying to think of, like, a way to say, like, and why, but, uh, no one, um... (laughs) That doesn't work for polls. That doesn't really work for polls, yeah. Or Twitter. (laughs) Or Twitter, exactly. Uh, well, I don't know. You could comment on something, but yeah, 140 characters, and I'm, I'm sure our, our hockey. <laughs> I don't know. You could say like, <laughs> no, yes, keep it because blah blah blah. I don't know. Yeah. That's like a you have like a hundred more characters left. Um, so yeah, that I don't know. It's it's, it's annoying for me, but yeah. um. Ultimately, I think the teams that make the playoffs, they have what it takes to make it, and exactly. they deserve to be there if they make it in. Yeah. Uh, there aren't too many cases where a team makes it in because of a fluke. But moving forward, I think three points for regulation win is the way to go. And I was a little hesitant to say that at first, but I think it's a good move for various reasons, but only provide if they keep the loser point. Uh, not only would this serve as more of a reward for teams who win games without the help of overtime yeah. or a shootout, but it could also provide some late game heroics in some of these games, or at least some fun hockey to watch. Because you yeah, won't have to say, "Let's get it to OT and get a point." They'll have incentive to win the game in regulation. Yeah, I think that's that's why they have the they put the the NHL put the I think the next tiebreaker is who has more regulation wins, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's why they wanted it was so that like because there are teams that are basically just like uh, let's. Like we're each getting a point, anyways. Let's just yeah. let's we not even. Point, let's yeah. In the third period, they're like, "All right, we're not even going to try until the overtime," you know. So they because uh, they're like, "All right, we're getting a point," um, and so that was why they had the incentive of putting in a tiebreaker in, or the first tiebreaker being the regulation wins. But at the same time, it's like, um. They should do more. I feel like the NHL should do more in terms of incentivizing player teams from winning outside of the overtime. Um, mm-hmm. Like they, I don't they, think they tried to do that by not yeah. by having less shootouts to make it three on three. And we're right. still getting a fair amount of shootouts. So exactly, and I don't even like. And I'm one of those people that doesn't even mind the shootout. Yeah, um, neither do. But um, I can see why people don't like it, but it's like, I guess it's like not technically hockey, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's it's hard to like fix it, really. It's not like 
three-on-three overtime is going to change much in that sense, but um, we'll see. Um, I think that's it in terms of uh, talking about it, because our next topic is somewhat related. So Pittsburgh, Columbus, Chicago, and Minnesota don't have to worry about the loser point, because they all clinched this week. Um... We're going to look at uh, possible playoff scenarios. Um, So this is on a Sunday uh, before any games. Uh, You're going to listen to this on Monday, but so this will probably all change um, by then. But at the moment, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Montreal, uh, this is the first item on the rapid fire, by the way. Um, Right now, Montreal plays the Rangers. Um, which would, which will be interesting. Um, Ottawa, Toronto. Um, this I'm just going by the Eastern Conference. Ottawa, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, which would increase uh, get back that rivalry, right? Yeah, um, it hasn't happened since Battle of Ontario. Since that Leafs stinker. I, I honestly nothing would thrill me more than to watch the Sens beat the Leafs in the playoffs. But I'm just looking at the, what what their rookies are doing, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hesitant on that. I mean, you look at Nealander, ten game point streak, set a rookie franchise record. Marner tied rookie franchise record for most assists in a yep. season with forty. And Matthews last night uh, tied Wendell Clark's uh, rookie record of thirty four goals. Yes, yeah, Toronto's for real, actually. I mean, we'll get to yeah, that in the Bruins. Yeah, they're, they're seven two and one in their last yeah. ten. To get our statement back in early in the year, callback. Um, yeah, I think they're for real. Uh, Washington uh, b- would play Boston, um, which is going to be weird, too, for from my perspective if this happens, because uh, Boston, you know, we're, we're in the other division, um, the other conference, so I don't know, it'll be weird to face them. And, what you know, they get to face the monster of Braden Holpe, who has historically been the... Bruins a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Holpe historically beats every team, but um, he particularly there was that one playoff series where Holpe was like, like basically Superman against us. Yeah. Um, so um, there's that, and then Columbus plays Pittsburgh. Um, it looks like Columbus and Pittsburgh are both both have 103 points right now. Yep. Washington has 106 points, so those teams could. Uh, Either one of those three could win. Could win the division, yeah, exactly. And um, so it'll be interesting to see who who gets the top spot there, who gets the second seed. Um, I the, would the kind of the kind of playoff matchups though yeah. I'd like to see. Like, although I like to see Ottawa Toronto, it ha- uh, Toronto Montreal in the playoffs hasn't happened since seventy eight seventy nine. Um, if by some miracle Ottawa wins the division and Toronto stays in the third spot, that could be the two-three matchup. I yep. wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, Ottawa's never faced Boston in the playoffs before, so I'm kind of really? hoping the Bruins get back in the. Yeah, it'll be good for so a podcast, right? <laughs> and and um, and there are a lot of other matchups yep. that that we haven't seen in ages too. So yep. it just just for the. Just for the sake of something new and not not the same old same old, I, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to Montreal Toronto going out in round one. That would be interesting too. Yeah, um, the uh, I should mention though that the Islanders are trailing Boston by two points, and Tampa Bay is trailing Boston by three points, so they could very well um, be in the race too. Um, 
Of those three teams, Montre- uh, um, not Montreal, uh, Boston, Islanders, and Lightning, um, who, and, scares well, Washington, who scares Washington more? Well, it could also be Toronto, too, if uh, Boston... Well, yeah. Because Boston has one more point... Uh, uh, Toronto has one more point than Boston does um, at the moment. Um, who scares them of those four teams? Yeah. Who would give, who would give Washington the biggest fight? I don't think the Bruins stack up well against them, to be honest. No, they don't. Um, probably Toronto, I would say. Wow. Okay. Um, well, they did. They did just because it's the like one time, so that's progress. Just because they have Babcock, and it's like it's a new team. You don't really like. You don't know what they're going to be like in yeah, the playoffs. That's very kind of thing. True. They have that wild card factor, literally. <laughs> you know, so it's you don't know what to expect from them. I think uh, Toronto is going to be scary in the in the playoffs, which is a weird thing to say. Um, in the Western Conference, uh, Anaheim would play Calgary. Um, oh, we should mention that Anaheim, San Jose, and Edmonton all have 91 points at the moment. Um, Anaheim gets the tiebreaker because they have one more game in hand of those two, of the other two teams. But, um, you know, anything can change. Um, can you just imagine if Edmonton wins the division, they go from a laughing stock to division champs in one year? I mean, that's the same with uh, Toronto. Like they became, they were last place last year, and now they're like, I just said that they might upset the Washington Capitals. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, it, it's it, and, and San Jose is picking a wrong time to struggle. They've lost six in a row. Yep. Uh, they get Edmonton the two three matchup. I like Edmonton's odds if that continues. Um, but uh, what should also be noted, if, if Calgary stays in that final wildcard spot yeah. and Edmonton wins the division, or if uh, Edmonton and Calgary finish 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two right. respectively, there are, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of different ways that we could get a battle of Alberta, and that hasn't yeah. happened since 91. So. And then on the other hand, you get Anaheim and San Jose, so another battle of California kind of thing yeah. without L.A. But yeah, um, that should be interesting. I'm going to toss this question out there very quick. Are oh, the I was going to get to the central, but are the Kings finished? I think they are. Are, are the Kings, Kings finished? finished? Uh, they're nine points back from yeah. They're nine points back from the St. Louis, who has the last wild card. Um, they are per, and they they got eight games left. Yeah, I think they're out actually. It's it's pretty. It's yeah, because they don't have from that. Uh, St. Louis is also rolling. They're eight one and one in their last. They can't 10. really get into the top three of the division. And yeah, with Edmonton of, and Calgary doing as well as they are yeah. too. That's I I and I, I really thought back with the acquisitions the of, of Quick and uh, Quick coming back and Bishop uh, and uh, again like coming over in those trades. Yeah. I thought I thought they'd have what it takes, but they're really not doing so hot right now. Yeah. Chicago, um, let's go to the Central. Chicago and St. Louis would play, which would be um, another rivalry match. Last year, yeah. Um, Minnesota and Nashville would play um, in the 2 3 matchup there. Um, Yeah, and it looks like, yeah, I guess the the wild card race in the uh, Western Conference isn't as exciting as the Eastern Conference wild card race. But, Yeah. um, yeah. Um, I don't know. The Chicago St. Louis would be an interesting matchup. Minnesota Nashville would also be kind of interesting. The, the battle of two logos that kind of look alike. Um, 
Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Minnesota, they're, they're all like San Jose. They're struggling. They've dropped eight of their last ten, even though yeah. they've clinched a spot. So um, Nash- yeah. Nashville's doing pretty well, but too. Minnesota so they is might like, be getting Minnesota at the right time. But Minnesota has 94 points. Nashville has 87. That's yeah. seven points. Is that right? Yeah, seven points yeah. Um, between each other. So I don't see Minnesota being the third seed there, but I don't yeah. know. We'll I, I don't I don't expect unless, Minnesota to be a third seed, but unless, do I expect Nashville yeah. to possibly upset them in round one? But it could uh, be the way things are going, maybe. But it could be here is some excitement here. It could be St. Louis instead of Nashville. St. Louis has eighty six points, Nashville has eighty seven points. So they're yeah. they're battling between who they play against in terms of Chicago or Minnesota. Um and it could be either. And I guess, oh, Calgary has 88 points, so they could very well also be in that if they wanted to. Um, all right. Uh, I think we talked about playoff matchups there. Um, yeah. We may keep that as, like, a thing until moving forward, but yeah, we'll see. Um, other suspensions. Uh, Roman Polak gets two games on Borkstrand. I didn't see this hit, but... Um, yeah, just a bang bang play. Uh, like uh, Bjorkstrand's against the boards. Like he, he passes the puck, his back's turned to the boards, and 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 um, the puck was off his stick so fast. And again, he had his back turned. It doesn't help him. But Roman Polak does does really have does he have time to back away and follow the puck because it, the puck wasn't there in front of Bjorkstrand when when the hit was made. And it makes me wonder kind of whether or not he was watching the puck or if he just wanted to make a big hit. Right, and we'll uh, and and he got him from behind. It, so, um, I, I think two games that he got is fair. Okay, I didn't see the hit, so I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it looked for, <laughs> it look uh, Bjork Strain looked shaken up, and understandably so it was. Uh, so we talked about this briefly last week. Kachuk uh got suspended. He got two games on Dowdy. Kachuk later said he's going to continue to play his game. Um, and he didn't really learn much, um, which is an interesting thing. I guess he thought he shouldn't have been suspended, but he got suspended. Um, it kind of makes you wonder if, like, what is the whole point of suspending players if they're not even going to learn? Um, but Well, I think for a first-time rookie, a first-time offender, a rookie, no less like a Chuck, I, I think two games is a good starting yeah. point. Uh, but at, at the same time, you know, when he says he's not going to change his game, I mean, I, at first, I thought, you know, he was, you know, he, he just, you know, lost where his elbow was, you know, if the puck was coming his way. And then I look at the replay. The puck's nowhere near when the elbow uh, to the face is made. Yeah. So, uh, it was, Dowdy was right. I think it was a sneaky, dirty play. Um, and, and to Chuck, yeah, absolutely, should be suspended for it. And uh, I, I think I think two games is a good start. If he does that again, though, uh, the NHL should be tougher on him. Yeah, I agree. I just... Like I think that just that comment kind of bothers me. There, it's just like why why even say that? Like you can just keep that behind closed doors, maybe. Um, injuries. Uh, so two goalies get out, are injured right now. One of them is Tuka Rask. Um, he missed last uh, yesterday's game or against the Islanders uh, due to a lower body injury. We don't know how serious it is yet, but we do know it's a lower body injury. Um, the, uh, it, 
will be interesting because Kudobin's actually been pretty good lately. Um, I think he's won his like five of his last last five games. Um, yeah. You know, he hasn't given up a lot of goals. So um, he's, you know, we talked earlier in the year about how like that was like a big thing to look out for for the Bruins in terms of like getting a backup. But Kudobin's been pretty good lately. So um, um, when it matters, especially so. Yeah, um, and you and you look at Tuca, thirty or more wins in four straight seasons, but he's given up eighteen goals over his last five outings, um, and he played both sets of uh, Leaf Sins back to back Monday and Tuesday, three games and four nights. Just the workload of Tuca Rask really concerns me, and the sad part is with the Bruins' schedule coming up, they need a guy like Tuca Rask yeah, in the net. Exactly. So not only is he not one hundred percent, yeah, numbers wise, he hasn't been good the last few weeks. Well, weeks. this happened. This happened. I think, uh, like, last year, like, Tuco was injured at the end of the season, and he, uh, he couldn't, um, it was, like, a weird thing, because it's, like, we weren't sure if he was actually injured, it was, like, the last game, and we needed him, um, and he wasn't able to play, because he was injured. I think a lot of that it has to do with the, the fact that the Bruins tend to overstart him. Or, um, I don't know what the word is, but... Um, overplay him. Overplay him, yeah. Um, especially when we, we talked about that he played the back-to-back with the Toronto and Ottawa, which was nuts. Um, so, um, I think that that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it, I don't know, it should be a lesson. I think I read, like, a stat, like, of the past three years, uh, Rask has played the most games out of any starter, starting goaltender or something like that. Um, so that should tell you something about it. Um, Mike, uh, I was about to say Mike Babcock is injured. Uh, Frederick Anderson got injured in the first period of last game. Um, so this is another team that needs their goaltender. Um, but it looked like it was an upper body injury. The only reason why I almost said Mike Babcock was that he says that the, he said that the Sabres, who they were playing against, uh, the Sabres doctors thought Anderson should come out of the game, and Babcock was just like, "I'm not going to speculate," but uh, he's, uh, you know, he's out of the game. <laughs> so yeah. it was just, it was just funny because now, like, knowing Toronto media, they're going to make this into a thing and be like, "Well, uh, you know, like, did Buffalo, like, did the Buffalo Sabres want Frederick Anderson out of the game?" Um, like, is he actually injured and stuff? And Babcock was just like, well, I haven't looked. It's your job to speculate, though, so I'm not going to speculate. It'd be more of a bigger deal, I think, if the Bruin, uh, if yeah. they're not if it was, if it, if it was were, like you know, another... in a meaningful playoff position. Yeah. And they're maybe battling for, like, a wild card spot or whatever, yeah. or trying to clinch a spot, then, then yeah. I think maybe there'd be a bigger deal, but, like, eh. Um... <laughs> Actually, so I'm I'm I was just looking on uh, this uh, Reddit hockey here. Uh, Crosby just said on Eugene Melnick, he likes to hear himself talk. That's what he said. Uh, I can't uh, necessarily disagree on that with some of the stuff that he says. So yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Sorry, I knew that was unrelated, but I figured nah. I should. I, I just I, I just saw I, that I, I on thought there. He was, I thought he was probably going to remain tight left, to be honest. But 
Uh, yeah, Sidney Crosby. I guess he can, he can say what he wants. Say, yeah, he's Sidney Crosby. He can do whatever he wants. Um, he has he, he has that uh, superstar status. He can do whatever he wants. Um, Marcus Granlin has a wrist surgery. He's out indefinitely, probably out for the year. Um, he was pretty good against us uh, against the Bruins. I think he had like yeah. all the goals for the Bruins uh, for the Canucks against them. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, I mean. Again, it's the Canucks, though. They don't really need him at the moment. so um, It was, it was, it was more sense. a personal letdown because at that point, he had, in his, it was his third NHL season. He scored 19 goals and 32 points in 69 games, all career highs. Uh, so he, he was really starting to find his groove. But uh, unfortunately, injury cut his season short there. Paul Snezny has a lower body injury. Um, he uh, He's week to week. Um, I don't know. He hasn't lived up to his contract. Whenever I talk no. talk about no, him, he but hasn't. Uh, he hasn't lived up to his contract. That's all I know of him. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, the Blues they're eight point uh, nine points now ahead of need LA him, for the final wild card spot, and they got some breeding ground. So perhaps it's best to give them. Perhaps it's best to take their time with Paul and make sure he's ready for the playoffs. Because by the looks of things, uh, they'll be in the playoffs unless. The Kings went out, and they got some help. So. Yep. Uh, Ryan Strom has a wrist, wrist injury. He's out indefinitely. Um, this is another guy that the uh, um, the team needs, but um, it's you said three to six weeks. Three to six weeks with a broken wrist. Yeah. Uh, hot and cold for the better part of the season, but when it's you lose a depth cold, guy, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's never easy when you lose a depth guy. The good news is Josh saying since uh, coming up, yeah, he's Eight been good. points in his first 12 games. He's been very good for them. I got him on my uh, fantasy team in the last <laughs> minute. Um, Aaron Ekblad played for some reason, We, uh, uh, but he got a in- neck injury, so it was very short-lived. Uh, I know he played in the game, and I think l- the next day it was revealed he had a sore neck, and now he's basically, he didn't play against the blowout win against Chicago. Um, he's not accompanying the team on their four game road trip. His next chance to play will be Monday, April 3rd. So at, at that point, like just, just shut him down. Like it's, he's not yeah. going to play. For some reason, I don't think the, minutes. I don't think the Panthers are going to listen to us, but um. no, they didn't last time, but <laughs> yeah, they, now last I guess time, no. they have no choice because yeah. he's a road trip. Uh, Yaroslav Halak got, uh, recalled, um, and he, he actually, uh, beat the Penguins, um, in a, Shootout. Yeah, thirty-seven saves on forty shots. Not a bad return at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the future holds for him, but um, well, he, he got he, when he, he got he got to send down to the AHL. Played twenty-seven games, got seventeen wins. Right, but I don't know what this means for him in terms of like if he's going to get more starts or not. But well, I I, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities than uh, Barube did because right, Barube true. wasn't stopping much. True. Um, yeah, uh, the NCAA tournament is starting here. Um, the Frozen Four, as it's called, often Frozen overshadowed four. by the basketball tournament. That not often, system. always. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe me, I actually, for someone who like, I love college hockey. Um, I, 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 I mentioned this. I had no idea what's going on. No, I know, but like for someone like me who lo- loves college hockey, I'm like. There's like a ton of you know Massachusetts programs here. Yeah. Um, 
but like you know i only really pay attention to it during uh this this time period like i like I, it's just it's not on tv really until this time period here so um but um Harvard and Minnesota Duluth are in the Frozen Four. Harvard beat Air Force, which is uh, kind of cool for the state of hockey that, um, like, Harvard, who hasn't been good in a long, long, long time in college hockey, uh, they're, they're in. Um, and Air Force, who's never been good, um, and they're in. Uh, and then uh, teams like, uh, schools like Boston University, who had, like, a ton of, like, draft picks, um, in their system, uh, Clayton Keller, uh, Charlie McAvoy, uh, Jordan Greenway, uh, who, a lot of who played in the, you know, world juniors. Um, yeah. they, uh, so they're all on BU. Uh, they got, um, they lost to Minnesota Duluth, um, in overtime. in overtime. I was just reading here that, uh, yeah, in overtime, uh, Minnesota Duluth has like five players on their team that were drafted by teams, um, and uh, BU has like twelve on yeah. their team. So it was but, quite an upset from that perspective. But at the same true, time, but, um, Del- Minnesota but, Duluth uh, was yeah. ranked number two, though. Yeah, no, I was about to say. At the same time, Minnesota Duluth is ranked number two. Um, so. It shouldn't be that surprising, if, I guess, if you follow college hockey. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I was reading somewhere, I was just reading, saw somewhere that Clayton Keller is uh, in contract negotiations with the Arizona Coyotes. So it uh, looks like Clayton Keller is going to leave. Um, maybe John, uh, we're going to talk about this in the Bruins' Sun segment, but maybe JFK and Charlie McAvoy will be signed soon, too. I don't know if they'll play. Um, I don't know if they're going to burn their first year of their entry level contract right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if McAvoy does. Um, I'll say Just that. Just to clarify for all the new fans, JFK stands for Jakob Forsbacher Carlson. Yes, which is um, he's awesome. he's one of their best. Uh, he's one of BU. He was one of BU's best forwards. Um, depending, I guess I should say it's was or is. Um, it depends on if he signs the contract or not. Apparently also, Penn State has a hockey team now. Yeah, Penn State has a hockey team. They uh, they debuted, I think this is their third year in college hockey, Division One hockey. Um, they beat uh, Union College, who was pretty good. I think the Union won two years ago. Um, yeah, I think they, they had Ghost Bear on yeah. that team, didn't they? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, that's how like he got, that's how Ghost Bear got on the map, basically. Um, but Union College, um, the the Penn State's first uh, game in the tournament, uh, they won ten to three, so they got ten goals. Um, they play uh, Denver tonight, who's ranked the first overall. Um, they have like Will Butcher, who's a Colorado um, Avalanche prospect. Um, I think they have a bunch of other guys too. Yeah. Um, but, um, the shocking part is, is how they won. They got seven unanswered and five in the third period. Yeah. Uh, and actually, Andy Sturtz, a uh, big part of the Carlton Place Canadian squad that uh, came within a goal of winning the RBC Cup in 2014, yeah. he was one of four different players on that Penn State team to record three-point efforts. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, very, very good on him. He had 21 goals in 35 games this year with the Nittany Lions. Yeah. The the thing, the crazy thing about Penn State is that like this is their third year, as we just mentioned. Yeah. This is their first tournament game, um, and that you know they, they're I guess they're making the most of it. Um, yeah. Ten, uh, literally ten goals. Um, so uh, yeah, they play Denver later tonight. Um, the winner of that gets into the Frozen Four. Um, and then, uh, tonight, and then the other matchup is Notre Dame and UMass Lowell. Um, Notre Dame beat the, uh, number four, four ranked Minnesota yesterday. Uh, Notre Dame also has a Bruins prospect, uh, Anders Bork, who's a Hobie Baker finalist. So that, that's exciting too. He had two goals in that game against yeah. Minnesota. Um, so that's exciting for as well if you're uh, if you're a Bruins prospect. It's a lot of good Bruins uh, prospects here because you have I just mentioned Charlie McAvoy and JFK and BU. Harvard has Ryan Donato, who's a, another Bruins prospect there, and then Notre Dame has Anders Bork here, and then they play uh, UMass Lowell, a Massachusetts team here, um, and they're all uh, so we'll. Uh, so I think I guess they take a week off, um, and yeah, then the, the semifinals the April sixth and April eighth right. is the big game. But we know that Harvard will play Minnesota Duluth. It's just a matter of who's the, who's on the other side of that, um, yeah. and it will either be Denver or Penn State, or versus Notre Dame or Mass, UMass Lowell. Um, should be interesting. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, yeah, no, Notre Dame, I wouldn't be surprised if they won because their yep. goalie um, is a Sabres prospect. He looked pretty good, 31 saves and an assist in the win yep. for the Fighting Irish, too. So they they have the goaltending to maybe make a run here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's 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 kind of cool, though, because like, usually like teams like Minnesota, BU, BC, North Dakota, um, Minnesota. All the regulars that you would yeah, expect. Yeah, all the regulars. Like, yeah. And this might be like the first year where... Like there won't be a regular, like a regular, like all these like new schools are finally getting good enough to compete with them. Like and BC, I think that's did, really good. That's yeah. really good for college hockey. Exactly, though. exactly. And uh, BC, like BC, didn't even make the tournament. Um, uh, like North Dakota lost in the first round, albeit to BU. Uh, Minnesota lost in the first round uh, to North Notre Dame. Denver is still in, but. Um, they might lose to Penn State. We'll see. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, it is kind of cool though. Like Harvard is like a top school here um, in in this kind of league because uh, you know they're more known for their academics than anything. So that is a cool thing to see. Uh, let's go to the Bruins send segment. Um, all right. Uh, I th- did you start first, or I forget who started first last week? You can start first. Forget. I'm I'm gonna rant an awful lot, so okay. Uh, well, I might feel rant free to a chime too. in during my rant. Okay, so uh, this feels like such a long time ago, but so the uh, the Bruins played the Toronto Maple Leafs the other day. Um, I think it was on was it Sunday? It might have been. Monday. Oh no, it was Monday. Monday. Um, it was a very chippy game. Um, the, uh, refs weren't doing any favors. Speaking of refs biases, right? Um, 
they weren't, uh, there was like a bunch of like calls that they should have had, like there, there was just a bunch of different things. Like, uh, it was like close for the most part, but like there was one, oh, right. The, um, Dominic Moore, like towards the end of the thing, towards the end of the game had a, uh, uh, he was like barely touched Frederick Anderson. Um, but they called interference on it, and it's like, like I I could see that interference being called. Like I guess it's a fair call, but at the same time, there was like so many other like plays where the the refs didn't call it. They were just very inconsistent. Um, yeah, Sosnikov made that dangerous hit on Bergeron. Yeah, that he got, got two minutes for it. He to got be two fair. minutes for that. That was five in a game, though. But I think I think he should have been like I think he should have been suspended for that because this like. You know, it was like a behind the back play and all that stuff, and um, he should have been suspended for that. But um, yeah, he got two minutes for boarding for that. Patrice Bergeron like then retaliates and um, and he gets penalties for that, which I guess is fair too. But I feel like Shoshnikov should have been should have gotten more. Yeah, should have gotten more for that. Right. Exactly. There was also a play where they blew a dead when Matt Martin lost yeah. a skate blade. And I remember Ferrero, Ray Ferraro yeah. saying on the TSM broadcast, why would you halt play if someone breaks their stick? Tough luck, get a new blade. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. These were all the stuff that I forgot about, and then you reminded me. Now I'm, like, furious about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, well, this that is was... this a rant, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to get you exactly. motivated. You're like my you're like my Ron McLean to my Don Cherry. It's like, oh yeah, right. I have I have to get mad at that. Um, and then um, what else was there? Uh, yeah, and like the clock wasn't working for the first like period and the second period. It was kind of crazy. Um, which was nice. I think all the fancy technology that Toronto has that yeah. wouldn't be an issue. Eh? Well, yeah, it was weird too because like Nesson was like saying like. We think this is the time. This is the time that we have on our on our truck, but we're not sure. And so, like, it was, it was weird though, because like, like the players like didn't know what time it was, so they just kept on playing. Um, like they were just trying to guess when it was their, you know, the period was over in the first period. It was a it was a weird moment for sure. Um, yeah, I think like, we have a five minute power play. Put that on the clock for us. <laughs> exactly. It's like. It's one of those things where you didn't know what was going on. Uh, the then we played the uh, Ottawa Senators the next day. I so I'm gonna have to hold, give this to you because I didn't see any of this game, and I think you did. And this is the Ottawa Senators, so we'll split it. Um, I I was in class, so I couldn't see it, yeah. but um. um. I, I well, do I'm wanna, just taking a look, okay, taking so. a look at the Bruins Leafs thing for just one second. While the yep. Bruins did even the score of five in the third match, and while the season series finale was decided in the final minutes, the Leafs had a four-one lead on Boston in all four of their meetings this season and won every time. Twenty thirteen, be damned. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just wanted to toss that out there. Um, again, the Rask back-to-back situation. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I was, was just going to get mad at that because I, like I, when I came <laughs> back home and like saw Rask, I immediately emailed you. I was just like, why I, did they play Rask again? He I doesn't make sense. I debated whether or not I should start Rask or Anderson on my fantasy yeah. team, and I thought the way the sense are rolling, I'll go with Anderson. I yeah, made the right choice. Make, uh, I, I don't understand it. Like this is something that Claude Julian would do. It's 
I don't understand it. Whatever. The fact is, the 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 Sens have Mike Condon and Craig Anderson. The, the Bruins have Tuukka Rask. It's yeah. that simple. Um, and you look at his numbers against the Atlantic. I I I can see why Cassidy would start him against Atlantic Division opponents. Two point oh seven GAA, sixteen six and one. Uh, but the two Ontario teams, they they really don't seem to give a turn because heading into Tuesday uh, against Toronto and Ottawa, 0-4-0 with 15 goals against combined against those two teams. Uh, this game, it was a seesaw battle. Both teams weren't given an inch, but timely scoring and timely goaltending. Craig Anderson and the Sens uh, ended up uh, getting it done with a 3-2 win. Uh, Boston outshot Ottawa in that game as well. Um I think it was 36 to 22 or something along those lines. I'm just taking a look In terms here. of the shot totals that we're talking about? It's yeah, 36 22, yeah. Boston outshot them 36 to 22. Oh, okay. So my muscle, my memory is... You're uh, pretty not close, familiar. yeah. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, it was it was a seesaw bell. And two good stat line now, 0-5-0 against Ontario teams. 18 goals against on 137 shots this year. And uh, they get the Sens one more time, by the way, before uh, the season of ends. Um, and just, so that's just like thinking, the second to last game. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it always seems to happen like that. We always get in the exactly. final week. Yeah, you guys um, always like kill our final chance. Yeah. But, It'll uh, probably the, happen again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm just not sh- I, I was also um, and, uh, questioning how much work Craig Anderson was getting because like Tugaras this week, he played three games in four nights. Right. Um, so I, I'm, I was wondering, that, I, especially with Mike Condon backing him up, yeah. like I'm, I'm confident with putting Mike Condon in there. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering why they put Mike, uh, why they didn't start Mike Condon for the Boston yeah, that was game. Interesting. Well, that's why I was... Well, that's why I was wondering why they didn't put Kadobin in for Ottawa, especially since he's been playing so well for us now. It's just yeah. it didn't make sense for us to do that. Like I can understand if Kadobin's not playing well, but like I don't know, I I didn't understand that part of it. But um, yeah, it was it was weird. Um, it was it was it was like I said, it was a seesaw belt. It also felt like a playoff game. Like you had yeah, Veneuf doing a little joust well, late in the second. Yeah, all the all four of these games that the Bruins have played felt like a playoff game, really. Yeah, um, and and yeah. then Marshawn, of course, at the end of regulation, he was mixing it up with a bunch of sense. Exactly. So the hate level was definitely there. Yeah. Um. And and they they needed to slap a four game slide. They got it done. Uh, but I, I think persistence was key for Ottawa in this one. Like Fanuf tries a slide pass to Turris that backfired. Yeah. A few seconds later, they stay with it. He gets another chance. Tries the same thing again. Turris gets a piece of it. Three two goal. That's the game winner. Right. Um. And just the unsung heroes like Victor Stahlberg, he was very strong, using his strength and speed to his advantage. Craig Anderson stopped all 18 shots he faced in the second period. He was huge for them. Uh, But just the unsung heroes, again, Tommy Wingles, Chris Kelly, they all played strong. Um, Boucher talked about this being a pressure game for Ottawa, and and he wanted to see how his team responded uh, to pressure. And... This week, I think Ottawa did that better than Boston, but yep. we'll get to we'll get to the um, later. <laughs> we'll get to the rest of the Bruins stuff now. But yeah. I, I just I just I just was I just have genuine concern about Boston and can they handle pressure? Because yeah, we'll talk about that um, after they're, I, they're just they're just slowly sliding down the stairs. I get that. Um, so then the next game uh, was against the Lightning on Thursday. 
this was a crazy game for me to watch because what happened was I so I was watching in the middle of class and I like whenever so I was watching on a stream on my computer uh-huh. and so like there was like a point where I uh like I couldn't watch because the teacher was looking over my shoulder or whatever. <laughs> so I I couldn't like watch the entire game. So then so once the teacher leaves it's like so it's like zero zero, then the teacher comes in and then like then he leaves again and then I look at the score and like it's one one and then he comes back in <laughs> a couple minutes later and like I'm like, Alright, I'm gonna do work here and then and then he leaves again and then all of a sudden it's two two. <laughs> I think it happened for three like for another time when it was three three two um as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, just taking a look, here's what happens. They struck first in the second yeah. period. Tampa tied at 44 seconds yeah, late. Basically what happened was the, yeah, well, I was just going to explain it, was basically yeah. what happened was Bruins scored first, then the Lightning scored like a mi- like even less than a minute later. Yeah, 44 seconds to be exact. Yep. yep. Then, then it happened again. The Bruins scored again. Uh, so Pasternak got the first goal Chara got this goal. Um, short-handed, no short-handed, less. Short-handed, no less. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, even less seconds later, so that it's... 24, yeah. 24, yeah. So you have the you have the stat line here. Yeah. Um, Kucherov scores on a power play. Um, so they score then. And then Riley Nash scores a couple minutes later. Um, and then Anton Strahlman scores, like, in a minute... And I can't do math. Two minute almost 35. two minutes. Yeah, minute almost 35. two minutes here. Um, yeah. I had to do math really quick. Um, <laughs> in this second period, and then uh, the third period happens, which I actually got to see most of it. Um, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah. So uh, then this is when really the lightning started to take over. They um, Jonathan Druin scored first. Um, it was, it was very chippy. There was like about like, tw- like 40 face-offs, a ton of icings. It wasn't like a f- flowing game. Basically. Yeah, it didn't have a good flow. Yeah. The, like Jack Edwards, like mentioned at the end of the game, he was just like, you know, there's some games where hockey is beautiful. This is not one of those games. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. Um, but yeah, so then Kucherov scored two, two goals. He got a hat trick there, I believe. Um, yeah, so, um. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty game for sure. At this point, I was just like, all right, I guess we're I guess the uh, we're we're not good anymore. We suck again. Um, at this the worst point. part was the Leafs won again after beating yeah. Columbus. They beat New Jersey, and yeah. then the Islanders beat the Penguins on Friday. And with that win, Tampa pulled to within a point. Yeah, we were uh, out of the within three points, and then they beat Detroit in overtime right. on Friday. So all of a sudden, going into Saturday, Tampa's won back, and the Islanders are tied with Boston. Yeah, exactly. So that was a good setup here. Um, the uh, so then the Bruins play the Senators, uh, not the Senators, the Islanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it looked like it was going to be one of those games again, especially when John Tavares scores. Um, it was a beauty of a goal there. I don't know if you got to see it, but it was a yeah. nice goal. Um, and then. Um, and then Riley Nash, the hero, 
um, scores with 40 seconds later. So we become the Tampa Bay Lightning, basically, because we just score right away after the uh, after our opponent does. Um, and then um, it was a pretty quiet second period, no goals there. Um, and then the third period, Riley Nash scores again um, early in the third Only period. Seven goals this this Only year. Has seven goals this year. Only seven goals this year. Three of them came this week. Yeah, three of them came this week, exactly. Um, yeah, Nash is like, you know how in um, baseball they love the, the wins above replacement levels or whatever? Like Riley Nash basically like is like supposed to denote like how many wins um, a player has basically just on all the things that they do. I think Riley Nash got one win above replacement just on this game. So um, yeah, it was it was good. We played well though, exactly. But um, there was a, a bunch of times where I felt like the Islanders could have won. Um, or could have scored well, against us, they but had six on the power play, they got yeah. nothing, and yeah, Bruins only got one shot on three power plays, so yeah. they weren't that much better. Honestly, especially, especially when the Islanders on, outshot us uh, nineteen to eighteen, so yeah, it wasn't like a, was terrible. it wasn't a ton was of, there wasn't a ton of shots on either side, but um, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of an interesting game in that regard. Um, yeah, in terms of like. We talked about this, um, it's not, obviously it's not good, um, Toronto, Ottawa, and T- Tampa weren't good games for us, and it's like, it feels like we're back to what we were a month ago, um, before we fired Julian, it's just like this team kind of, like, doesn't have what it takes in big games and stuff, but I would argue that this is, like, this is an important point. Um, and like, I feel like even if the Bruins were in a hot streak, I don't think they w- they're gonna be like if even if they are gonna make the playoffs, I don't think I don't see how they're gonna play like Ottawa in a seven game series or even I think Washington. The only way they have a chance is if they get into that second or third spot in the yeah. Atlantic. If they but I don't I don't think we have whoever, a whoever they play. Yeah. Um, whoever wins the Metro, if they get them, I, I don't really see. Yeah, Boston I don't there. see. No, I agree with that, but I don't even see us playing well against Ottawa, Toronto, or Montreal even in a seven-game series. So, um, but uh, so in that sense, it's like, well, okay, like I do personally just want them to be in the playoffs just after the last two years. Um, but um, if it's at the same time, and as weird as this, this is going to say, it's like. I would be okay if this is um, if the Bruins don't make the playoffs. Um, I know that's weird because it's like it's the third straight year that they barely made the, they barely missed the playoffs. Um, but um, the it's just the idea that like we have so many young guys, so many like pl- um, players in our system even that it's like it's we're not even at our full form yet and. As I just mentioned, I don't really feel confident in those series um, to like go far in the playoffs in that sense. So, um, in that sense, I would love to be in the playoffs, but at the same time, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think at this moment, it's more important to see what Cassidy can do, um, and I feel like I feel like this is the time for 
to see what Cassidy can do. Um, especially with this losing streak. I, w- I kind of want to see him. Yes, we beat the Islanders. But I want to see how he motivates this team to play better after this like loss. And now they actually have to fight for their lives. When they had like a good couple weeks where they didn't really have to worry about it. Um, and now they do have to worry about it, and it's um, it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks um, for that. That being said, though, in 2014-2015, this team lost nine of their final fourteen, missed the playoffs. Yeah. Last year, they dropped nine of their final twelve and missed the playoffs. Their losing goals extend beyond their four game slump. We could have another Beantown meltdown on our hands, and yeah, I know okay. you don't call it a meltdown, but. <laughs> Out of the three, this may be the worst one because Marshawn's a top 10 scorer. Yep. Pasternak's a 30-goal scorer. Yep. Bergeron's back to his old self. Rask is having another good year. And all of that, they might have nothing to show for it. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's It'll be tough if we don't make the playoffs. I still think we do make the playoffs, but um, if we don't, I, I don't know if it's like necessarily the end of the world. I just, I just want... Like what? What in an ideal world? I want us to fire Cam Neely. So if this yeah. is a way for us to fire Cam Neely, then I'm all for missing the playoffs. Yeah, um. because Claude Julian's not not your coach anymore. Yeah, if they exactly. can't get out of this, then you got well, that, to wonder. That, that, that's structuring the team. What's the problem? Here? That that's that's why I'm saying is like now it's now it's the time to see if Cassidy is truly the guy. Um, and I think it's 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 it might be his season if if we miss the playoffs. I don't think they're going to give Cassidy the job, um, and if we make the playoffs, I think they will. Um, Do you think it's better for Boston to miss the playoffs this year? Yes or no? Um, I'm it's a toss up for me, honestly. Yeah. Um, I know I'm in the minority of Bruins fans here in this thinking. Um, because, yes, I would love to be in the playoffs, especially after the last two years. Um, and as you just mentioned, you know, Marshawn, um, you know, is basically a superstar now. Um, and uh, Pastor Next doing really well. But at the same time, we have a bunch of guys in our system. It's like we're not, like, necessarily built for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think we're going to go far in the playoffs, even if we do make it. So, at that, at that, in that sense, I don't think, I don't think it would be good for us. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's like a Toronto thing. It's like the, Toronto's probably not going to go far either. But they're, you know, they it would be good for to get the young guys some playoff experience um, before they get really serious about it. So um, I think it's the same here. It's like, yeah, it would be nice if we make the playoffs. But at the same time, it's not the end of the world, especially when we have Charlie McAvoy hopefully somewhere in the system, hopefully signed soon, Anders Bork, Ryan Donato, JFK uh, signed soon as well. So it's it's one of those things where, like, it's, it's going to be sad to let go of the season, especially with the last couple of games. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, like, I'm more or less okay with it. Um, it'll be sad though if we don't make the playoffs. I'll I'll admit that I'm I'm like mixture of feelings as yeah. as you can just say. <laughs> well, in order to make the playoffs, they gotta do some serious home cooking. Yeah, I yeah, don't exactly. Know. Do you have the schedule in front of you? Because yeah, I, I do. I was about to. Uh, okay. So t- this week we have um we we play Nashville at home on Tuesday. 
Um, then we played Dallas on Thursday at home, um, and Florida at home on Saturday. Then the next week it gets kind of tough because yeah. we uh, end the year with um, a Chicago. We play Chicago at Chicago. Um, yeah, Tuesday. April second, so right after the Florida yeah. game. I'm just going to say the rest of the games here. Yeah, you might as well. There's uh, only one week after this. T- Tuesday, we play um, at home with Tampa Bay. Um, that, would be the thir- uh, that would be the fourth, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sixth, we play, I guess I can say that now. Thursday, yeah. the sixth, we play your boy, your team, um, yeah. the Senators um, at Boston. Um, and then on Saturday, uh, we end the season with a home game against the uh, Washington Capitals on a Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, especially with, um, who know, like, you know, Nashville, Chicago, Ottawa, and Washington are already playoff teams likely yeah, going to be if in. Yeah, if Washington's clinched the division by then, yeah. maybe they start Grubauer in there, too. That's so true. That, that, could, that nice. could be good news for you. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, that's the same for Chicago, too. Maybe they'll start resting their guys at that point, too. Especially but, with the lead they've opened up on yeah, many for divisions. So. Exactly. So, um, we'll see. I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be tough. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, I think we're going to make the playoffs. But just looking at the schedule, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, I'm just preparing myself basically to for yeah. another year of this, but um, I think that's more why I'm like this. But um, yeah. we'll see. I'm 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 not gonna I'm gonna break down probably soon. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah. So uh, you can talk about your senators. Okay. Well, feel free to chime in because. Um, yeah. uh, Honestly, heading into the home-and-home with Montreal, I thought, you know what, we beat beat him the previous two times. You know, this is looking really, really good. They dropped the first half of the home-and-home in a shootout. Just like, okay, if we get to the second half, then it's all good. And then they gave up the first goal 28 seconds in, thanks to that turtleneck wearing Thomas Placanitz, who, for whatever reason, even though his numbers are declining, he somehow has the urge to... Make us pay every time we face them. So uh, that that didn't start off well the second game. But uh, Tom Pyatt was, I believe, uh, got uh, the equalizer before the five minute mark. So Ottawa had the response. They got some chances to score on Price. They they couldn't get it done. And then Jordy Ben, uh, not to be confused with his brother Jamie, made it two to one for the Habs after one. Uh, no scoring the second, uh, but Price was able to make some key saves. Uh, able to hold the sense off the score sheet in the third, he made one key save in particular, and then Montreal goes the other way. Ottawa native Paul Byron, no less, getting his twentieth of the year. What a good addition he's been for the Habs uh, to make it three to one. And while the final score was four to one, that Byron goal was probably the dagger in a lot of people's minds. But Ottawa didn't do do themselves any favors with the extra man. Uh, only had two cracks at it, but uh, sense play by play guy Dean Brown described it as quote. Watching a kid run around with scissors, scary. <laughs> it wasn't far off. There's just too much passing, too little shooting, so much wasted time. Uh, they're, frankly, they're better 5-on-5. Five five. Like, you might as well just give them a penalty shot instead of a power play because they can't seem to do anything with the extra man. But um, 
so anyways, they dropped uh, the two and two. They fell four back of the Habs. Um, and again, the question mark, why did Anderson start back-to-back games? Because again, like Mike Condon's playing well enough that I'm confident with putting him up against, you know, a team like Montreal. He's gone up against so many yeah. good teams and he's done so well. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I would have started him either Saturday or Sunday, especially with Anderson coming off that minor injury. Yeah. Um, it kind of perplexed the heck out of me. But. Especially with, uh, like, we, we were just talking about for the Bruins, it's like backups, backup goalies are very important yeah. now in this. And, in and, this and no disrespect to you, Dobin, our backup is better. <laughs> yeah, a little. He's got, Dobin's gotten better. He has five, he's won five straight. Yeah, but Condon, I think, has been a bit more consistent. I guess so, yeah, that's true. That's true, but like, I'm not, I'm not going to discredit my uh, yeah. Dobie here. Yeah. Dobby. <laughs> Sorry, um, go on. But, but yeah, I, I let, needless to say, I was confident with Mike Condon, but then again, if, if your starter tells you he's ready to go and he wants this one, then I'm going with Anderson, because statistically speaking, although he doesn't have the workload, He's right up there with one of the. Uh, he's right up there as a top ten goalie in the league this year with the numbers he's put up. Um, so I, I'm just I'm just saying Julian didn't have a similar option like his yeah. backup Val Montoya. Val Montoya is a good goalie too, but he's no, not Mike fair. Condon. So um, I don't know. I'm Mike Condon may high. not be the greatest player ever, but yeah, okay. I I, um, I, I, I see your point though. Yeah, and speaking of Claude Julian and. Uh, to his to his point, Julian started Price in both games, and Price got both wins. Yeah, so, this will, um, I mean, when you have Carey Price on your team, you you don't have to worry too much about the backups. Yeah, and he was he made the key saves for them. They got it done. So full credit to Habs there. They they got us good. Um, speaking of Julian, former team Ottawa's next point. We just uh, talked about how the Sens were able to snatch uh, victory from the jaws of defeat there at times, um, but. Um, yeah, just just uh, yeah. We kind of already talked about this. <laughs> yeah, um, what's what's interesting uh, that I found, um, given the two power play goals by Boston, the lopsided shot clock indicator, um, a big part of the Bruins' struggles against Ottawa is their reliance on three guys, and that would be David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and yes, Jimmy Hayes. They've combined to score nine of Boston's last fifteen goals against the Sens. I didn't know that. That's crazy. He's got three of them. Wow. Well, that's funny, too, because Jimmy Hayes has, like, been so bad. Doing nothing, yeah. And I guess he has the uh, Senators' numbers or something. I don't know. And so that that, win was more important because it snapped a four-game slide for Ottawa, a win they needed because it got to seem like Pittsburgh entered your domain. I don't care who you are. They always give you a reason to fear them. Um no matter the daytime and location. And I was frankly pleasantly surprised. I, I I thought, you know, if Ottawa could get it to overtime and get a point, that would be good. But um, they took it to overtime, and uh, they actually managed to pull out a 2-1 to one, uh, win in the skills competition. They actually outscored the Penguins 2 nothing in that skills competition. And Bobby Ryan, hey, he got a shootout goal, so that's reassuring. And speaking of Mike Condon, he did start this game. Uh, and he was solid again, especially in the extra frame when his team is outshot five to one. Um, that butt end stick save that he made is going to be probably on the place of the year countdown. Just massive save. Um, got a huge ovation after that. Um, the bigger picture is that the Habs lost to Detroit in overtime on Tuesday, I believe it was. And then on Thursday, they lost to Carolina in regulation. 
So the Sens found themselves once again within a point of the division-leading Habs heading into Saturday, just like they were a week ago. Unfortunately, the power play again didn't do too much for Ottawa. Uh, even though they got generated, the, even though they had a lot of momentum generated in the first 10 minutes uh, of the first period, like it, they just couldn't get anything uh, going on the power play. Montreal gets a power play. Weber from the point, you know no one's going to have a chance to tip it because it's coming so fast and the goalie's not going to stop it. It's exactly what happened. So that's how Montreal gets the game going. Markov adds a pair in the second, including another one on the power play. And then Price made a couple of huge saves uh, in the third to keep it 3-1. to one. Uh, That's how the game would end. But again, Price was making the saves. Habs got some timely scoring. Special teams let Ottawa down. Uh, and they were good five on five, but again, special teams just really was their downfall. And so now they're once again three points behind uh, the Canadians for tops in the division. Um, and the, the good news is they weren't outshot like they were in the previous uh, meeting with Montreal. They actually outshot Montreal 32 to 24. But Kyle Turris, when asked after the game, he liked to see more buys in front of the net. Um, the Canadians were able to do that when uh, the Sens were on the attack in the first 40 minutes. They blocked 18 shots through 40 minutes, which, uh, again, factored in. It's just, you know, sometimes the simple plays get you wins. And uh, Montreal did enough of that. And they were able to win the game. Um, so as far as special teams goes, Ottawa has three chances to improve on that stat line this week. Uh, their road trip continues in Philly on Tuesday. In Minnesota on Thursday, um, even though Minnesota is struggling, they're still a tough team. And then they get the Jets on Saturday. Patrick Liney and the Jets. Uh, they, they might not make the playoffs this year, but they're still a good team. You can't take them for granted. Yeah. Um, on the positive side, Mark Stone returned to the lineup, which is huge for Ottawa. Um, and as far as Mark Mathos replacement, Freddie Clayson, I think he's going to fit in nicely on the bottom pairing. Uh, this is a guy who has nine points in 25 games this year. When he's played uh, for the team, he's played well when called upon, and it's just a matter of seeing how he performs when the games start to add on. When he gets when he gets to play more uh, when he gets to play in more game situations more consistently, and he gets the mileage up. So that's going to be the interesting thing to see. And I would also expect that enough size time is going to creep up as well, and uh, maybe Borokops as well, um, but. Um, especially um, for a guy like Burkhoff who dishes out a lot of hits, maybe he gets a couple of maintenance stays as well because uh, especially with Mathot out for several weeks with that uh, gruesome looking finger um, yeah. pro- probably going to be one of cautious with your uh, defensive pairings um, uh, and a milestone alert for Craig Anderson, we talked about it last week um, surpassed Patrick Lee for all time wins uh, by a goaltender in franchise history Actually, it was a couple of weeks ago, but irregardless, a great uh, milestone. Um, against the Habs on Saturday, played in his 500th career NHL game. Only a handful of active NHL goalies have done that, uh, one of which includes uh, the likes of Carey Price. A very huge honor for him, and for a guy who's had to battle just to be an NHL starter, um, it's even more impressive, so congrats to him. Um, I don't know if you wanted to close off with any thoughts about the sense you can do so if you want to before we talk about yeah. uh, sense going to sweden but right the sense are going to sweden i think you just mentioned that didn't you um briefly yeah yeah that's kind um, of a cool thing with the sense uh 
Like, um, I wonder why it's the Avalanche um, they're playing well, against. The fact that Gabe Landerskog, the captain of the Avs, is sure. also from Sweden. Carlson is I, mean, I understand Carlson from that perspective, but maybe like um, like Washington with Backstrom or uh, Nashville with Philip Forsberg. Yeah. I, I feel like there's another like Swedish player that you could market more for them than Land. I love Landeskog, but I don't know. I feel like you could there was like Edmund with Tampa. There's a more, or Hedman with Tampa exactly. Like yeah, there's more of a. Um, I feel like there's more marketable. I feel like there's more marketable Swedes there that people are looking forward to, but not that Landeskog is terrible either. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just that the Avs aren't that good now. Right, right, exactly. That's why it's just like, yay! Like Sweden's probably like, yay, we get hockey, and then it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll get Eric Carlson at least. You know, it's like yeah. I don't know. Um, they Ottawa did something like this uh, in 2008 with Pittsburgh. Um, that was when Alex Goligoski was a rookie playing for the Penguins. Okay. Uh, Carlson was still playing in Sweden. In fact, the Sens actually played a friendly yeah. game against his Swedish squad, so he wasn't even playing for the Sens at that point. Right. So it's been a while since they've done that. Didn't um, didn't like Landeskog only play like a couple of games in Sweden, anyways? Like when? Well, he... I know he played in the OHL with the Kitchener Rangers. Right, so like he doesn't have like that much of a following in Sweden, yeah, anyways. As even Carlson though he is Swedish, would, yeah. as Carlson does exactly. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, it should be cool though. It's like kind of exciting for that. Oh, cool for them as well to, yeah. to come back home and, and um, show what's up. And more hockey news. I found that Clayton Keller of, uh, you, we just talked about him. He's yeah. you. He just agreed to a, uh, entry level contract with Arizona and is expected to play on Monday for Arizona. Um, which is kind of cool. It should also be noted uh, another college guy, Brock, um, Brock however Boser. you pronounce his last name. Boser, I think? Yeah. yeah he played he the got... Canucks against Minnesota, and he actually yeah. got a goal as well. I actually, So I just found out that uh, players can't burn their first year of the of their entry-level contact, uh, contract as there are fewer than 10 games left in the season. So, yeah. like, so for people who are worried about like McAvoy burning their contract level, yeah. you know, the contract level deal like that, um, you wouldn't because there's ten, there's less than ten games left for them. Yeah, Arizona but, once again, that's yeah. uh, that's a GM is a miracle worker. He's a, yeah, they, exactly. They, got a you, you played you played really well for BU on the season, so they're they're going to be scary in a couple of years. Um, that's a that's a pretty good segue to prospects because uh, the oh, CHL yeah. playoffs are underway now. The Sens have some bright young right. talents who are in the mix. Logan Brown's Windsor Spitfires, they're hosting the Memorial Cup, so we're going to be talking about them a lot, even if they get eliminated. Uh, only played in 35 regular season games, mostly because he was injured. Uh, he's still got 14 goals and 40 points, which is good. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, St. John Sea Dogs, they played in two playoff games. Uh, already has two goals and three assists, so he's yeah. off and running there. Um, leads all defensemen in points, uh, playoff points so far. Um, in 34 regular season games, he had 10 goals and 45 points, uh, putting him in the league's top 10 scores amongst defensemen as well. Um, you also have Philip Schlappick, a forward, um, and just about everyone on the Charlottetown Islanders is just killing it right now. And he's done that more often than not. 91 regular season points put him fourth in the QMJHL scoring race this year, 
Only needed 57 games to do that. He also got 34 goals, ranking him 15th in the uh, goal scoring race there. And uh, while Colin White doesn't play Canadian junior hockey, just for the record, he had 16 goals and 33 points in 35 games with Boston College this year. Um, bit of a bit of a decline last year. He got 43 points in 37 games and 19 goals, but uh, still pretty impressive uh, with Boston College. Uh, they haven't signed him to an entry-level contract, though, which concerns me a little bit, but I'm sure they'll work something out there. Um, and then we have a look at the Ottawa 67s. Talked about them a couple of months ago. They were on the outside looking in. They ended up getting into the OHL playoffs for a third straight year. As the seventh seed, they don't have it easy, though. They get number two Mississauga in round one. Uh, the Steelheads, a uh, pretty good team. In fact, the last time they faced Mississauga, they were known as the St. Michael's Majors, and that was back in 2010, which, in my opinion, is the weirdest name in junior hockey, but whatever. <laughs> um, the 67th, though they have some good talent on their squad, Archer to Newland, leading scorer with 85 points in 67 games, just shy of the top 10 in OHL scoring. Uh, also have Austin Keating. He had 63 points in 67 games. Um, he can also dominate a game. When, when he's on his A game, he can dominate. Um, so a, a good young player there. Um, the thing about the Eastern Conference is from 6th seed to 10th seed, it's mediocre at best. Because you look at Saginaw, who finished ninth in the West and out of the playoffs, you put him in the East – they're better than the 6th seed, the 7th seed, the 8th seed, the ninth seed, and the 10th seed in the East. So they're a playoff team with the roster that they have in the Eastern Conference. But because they're in the West, they're not in. Yeah. So that's that's how wide open the East is, and that's why I think Ottawa has a decent shot um, to at least make it tough on Mississauga to knock them out. Uh, but if, it looks, if the rest of the series looks like anything that Game 1 did, uh, it could be over very quickly because... Um, this, this Mississauga team is pretty good themselves. They have Mike McLeod taken the first round by the Devils last year. They also have a draft-eligible prospect named Owen Tippett. Uh, both guys got over 70 points in the regular season. Tippett's 44 goals, two more than Bruins prospect Zach Sinitian, by the way. Uh, and then they also have Nicholas Haig on defense. His 18 goals were the fourth most amongst OHL defensemen in the regular season. So um, they can beat you from the back end as well. Uh, mentioned game one, it didn't go well for Ottawa. Tippett got four points. Uh, Mississauga won six to two. If him and Michael McLeod dominate, it's going to be over in four or five games. So, uh, game two goes well, actually, probably just underway right now. I'm going to check and take a look, uh, see uh, how the 67s are doing right now. Uh, it should be a two o'clock start. Uh, they are tied after the first period. Um, uh, according to AJ Jackiebeck, who calls uh, their road games, chippy first period in Mississauga with the 67s and Steelheads scoreless. A little hate is never a bad thing for playoff hockey. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> considering the Flyers and Bruins have been a part of a lot of uh, uh, heated playoff series, I'm sure uh, not too many fans can complain about that. But no. uh, we'll see how that series progresses. Hopefully, it'll still be going on by the time next weekend rolls around. But um, game four happens on uh, Thursday night, so if Mississauga makes quick work of it, uh, we might be looking at a series summary than uh, a look ahead to maybe a game six or a game seven. But uh, that's where the 67s are at right now. We'll keep you updated on uh, the goings-on of the CHL playoffs as we move forward. 
Yep. Um, should be interesting. It is always weird how, like, all these playoffs start, like, even, you know, college hockey, yeah. too. Um, yeah, before the NHL playoffs, yeah. Start before the NHL playoffs. But, yeah. Um, I think that's it. Uh, right, social media. Facebook. Uh, you can check us out at Lay Some Up Podcast. At, at Lay Some Up. Uh, just search that up. Um, Twitter, Lay Some Podcast. Um, our email is laceupbag at gmail.com. You're probably listening to this on SoundCloud, which is Lace Up, Lace Some Up um, podcast. Don't forget to subscribe there and on iTunes as well. Um, and don't forget to rate us and whatnot. Um, and you'll get updated on all the downloads um, and stuff if you do subscribe on iTunes. Um, yep, that's it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 71 of the Lace Em Up podcast.